So, Alex, have you have you watched any of what's going on with Demar Hamlin in the Buffalo Bills? Did you see that hit that took place? Yeah, that was. It makes you like want to be like extra careful. We're like like a bubble suit or something because it didn't even seem that impressive how all of a sudden he dropped to the floor. Yeah, I think in that moment there were a whole lot of mothers that said, "My my little Johnny is not going to play football." No. I think they lost a lot of good talent to basketball and soccer that night yeah. when it took place. It wasn't that big of a hit, no. apparently, from what I understand. It, it uh, one of the experts said that it was just a fluke hit uh, where the beat of his heart and the rhythm like that can happen. It's rare, extremely rare, when you get hit and your heart's in the middle of some kind of beat that could create like a cardiac arrest, almost wow. in essence, like when they shock you, you know, they shock mm-hmm. you, it can be the almost like the opposite effect. But I think what I was uh, most amazed by was, uh, I mean, one, when we were, we were, when I saw it, we were at a restaurant in Phoenix, Arizona, and we were watching it. And, and of course you see the ambulances out there and you're, you're just shocked. It was like one of those events where everybody was like, what's going on? Nobody, they thought he had died. In fact, had died. They had to, to shock him back to life. And, and then of course, everybody's talking about it afterwards. And I think the thing that really kind of stunned me the most was how often the people who were reporting on it said, you know, pray for Damar yeah. Hamlin and and how many things were, we're praying for you or we're praying for your life. And there was one point where uh, Dan Orlowski was on one of the ESPN reporters, actually prayed on national television yeah. uh, for him. And, and then to see his recovery, then to see even in the most difficult place that he was at, Damar was at, to see him recover as so many people... Uh, prayed, and it's amazing to me because there's this there's this belief whenever anything bad happens, we all need to pray, and then when it works out, we never stop to consider that maybe it was our prayers that made it work out or brought you know caused Demar Hamlin in this case to to survive and live because so many people were praying for him that that he would live and we have this interesting i think in this country we have this interesting relationship with prayer hmm. um i think we use it as a greeting in some way where we tell i'm praying for you almost to say that i hope things get better even though we're not praying yeah. for them or where we say everybody pray well who are you praying for or two, who are you praying to? What is prayer? And and why? If it's so uh, uh, powerful and able to change things, why aren't we praying more? Yeah. Um. You know. And you you read in the scripture, and there's a scripture in Matthew six six. Uh, Jesus says, "When you pray," uh, Jesus was essentially saying, "It should be expected." that those who follow me pray that they, and, and I think it's just, it's an interesting thing to watch, um, America's relationship with the word prayer and how we use it and what it is. Yeah. You might as well say good vibes when you say prayer, like it's cool that it still is considered prayer, but in the minds of people that don't really know God, might as well say good vibes because that's really what it is. And that's why people will laugh when you say, hey, I'm praying for you. Because it's almost like 
well, so you just don't know what else to do. You don't got an answer for me, so you're you're just gonna pray. Like even uh, I think prayer is really a last ditch effort. Um, you know, like uh, like flipping a coin in a well. Like mine is like we gotta pray. There's nothing I can do on my part anymore. So I just gotta I just gotta I gotta pray because I really don't know what else to do. And to the point where. Um, it's just kind of laughable sometimes when you say you're praying for someone. I remember, we, we, I remember it literally was yet last night. We were at our group. It's good that you remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember back in, no, uh, last night we had, um, a guy in our group that, uh, threw out his back when he was, he was fixing his car and, uh, I asked if we could pray for him and it wasn't like a big deal. And he started laughing and I'm like, why, like, why are you laughing? Cause like, don't, don't you believe that you could get healed? He goes, well, it's not that big of a deal. It just hurts. I don't really like, but it's again, because we view prayer as some last ditch effort. We don't even bring simple requests to God. Like we don't include him in the situation. We forget about him when everything's going good or the, because we think, cause we are the answer in, in it like ourselves. We don't really need God to intervene until we come to the end of ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, um, Prayer is such a big topic too that that um, I mean there's so many things that are involved with prayer. Um, recently, I was you know we talk about prayer uh, and our, everybody pray for so and so or I you know how many of them are actually praying because you actually have to believe in a God to pray to to do something supernatural and, yeah. and unless you believe that you know I I would love to know what that prayer looks like. Yeah. If you're not praying to something, mm-hmm. right? But what is prayer? You know, um, many have different views of what prayer is. Um, prayer, and Jesus would pray to his Father. He would talk to his Father. And prayer can be viewed um, many different ways. One, relational prayer with God. Two, declaring over things that God has already said, his will, that we just declare in prayer uh, his will. Um but it's interesting. One of the things that I've heard that Satan uses against people who are new in the faith is, I'm not very good at praying. They'll hear somebody who prays these elegant King James prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Some long. They're, they got great rhythm. They can be passionate, you know, and and powerful. And I'm not suggesting that those prayers aren't authentic and real and and I know when I pray I just you know I'm just flowing in what in prayer in the time where I communicate with God what I don't realize for some that are listening to that they are intimidated by that they get intimidated by it and they're like man I can't pray like that and so or or I'm not worthy of God and and Satan uses a lot of guilt and shame to try to prevent people from talking to God and and you know, I grew up uh, walking, you know, I was saved at a young age, and I grew up, my father taught us to pray uh, and talk to God as a very young age. So it's it's very hard for me to comprehend what it's like to be in that place, to really be able to relate to it. But prayer is just talking to God, and the enemy is trying to intimidate you into thinking you can't, that you're not worthy or you don't, your words won't be good enough. Really, when when I pray, I'm just envisioning God being right there 
with me. I, I'm, yeah. It's like I, I like God's there. And when I'm praying, um, I'm j- a lot of the time, what I'm saying is actually dropping in my mind because I believe God's just putting it into my mind to actually pray to him about uh, that it be done. Like I'm reaching into heaven and releasing on earth. And so prayer is something that... Um, yeah, I know people can be intimidated by, but but that shouldn't be a reason to not want to pray. Prayer yeah. is so important to our life. It's important enough to take the steps to grow in our prayer life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, I, and and an example of that is if if there was something that was really important, and and you know, if if you really really wanted to be good at golfing you really wanted to be good at golfing but you go out and you're horrible at it if it's something you really really wanted to do that you said this is very important in my, in my life to do right and it's, it's not but let's just say golf was it like it was it was important because it would be life-giving it would be golf is probably a terrible sport to use as an illustration <laughs> in that but but let's say it was right of course you're going to be bad. No one would even think. Like if you go out there, of course you're going to be bad the first time you do. Of course you're not going to do it with some immaturity and not really understand. Of course you do. But if it's that important, you do it anyway. Well, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but you do it anyway. Because yeah. you you won't get to 10 until you've done it the first time. It, you it, And anything, if prayer is that important. And the enemy just, if you, you go out and, well, I sound foolish and I don't like to be embarrassed and it's uncomfortable. Really? What I would say is that's an excuse because you don't want to pray. Yeah. And so we want to be able to say to the Lord, I can't pray because I'm not good at it. And those excuses, where do you think they come from? They come from Satan. Mm-hmm. He does not want you talking to the Lord. Your life really flows within the prayer life that you have with God because there's a there's a relationship there. That's where the intimacy with God's found. That's where revelation that gives a life comes from is through prayer. And so it's something you got to rebuke that lie of the enemy and say, no, 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 I have to be, I have to have a prayer life. I need to be able to publicly pray. I need to be able to pray for other people because God has called me to that. And I think um, what I tell people is... So they think, and this is the reason why I've done this is because I don't want them to get like have a religious mindset in what I'm doing. I know there's power in my prayers and when I pray, mm-hmm. but it's when I'm leading people to Christ and I'm having them pray that prayer. I don't want them to pray the prayer for the sake of praying the prayer to think that they're magically all of a sudden all their problems are going to be going away. I want them to start their relationship with Jesus as a relationship and not um, a couple, you know like cue cards on how to talk to God. Right, right. And so a lot of times I'll go, like, because people will tell me, like, well, how do I pray? How do I do it? Well, you believe in him, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, he he hears your prayers. And so how you would ask your dad for help or talk to your dad if you have a good relationship with your dad or he would talk to a friend, ask him. Ask him. I think that's the great disconnect between... Those who have discovered the simplicity of prayer and those who have just created, it's just this monumental thing that they can't even walk in it in. And and there are some that use it as an excuse, but there are some that would love to, but have no, that just, that's uncomfortable, and so they just avoid it. And I think there's such a, a gap between it, between those who walk in it 
and and those who are they're just like on the other end. Mm-hmm. If if you're listening to this right now and you're on this end where prayer is just this calm, it it really is what you Alex just said. It's just talking to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's listening to God. Prayer is more than just talking all the time. Uh, those are some pretty boring conversations when you're in a conversation with somebody and all they do is talk. You're like, dude, if we're going to relate, you got to let me talk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let me have an investment in this conversation. And I think all we do is we go to God and we talk all the time. Yeah. When in reality, we should listen uh, to what he's saying as well. Mm-hmm. I think of it like this. It's like... So if you understand, if you truly understand that God knows your heart, like before you speak, he knows what's going on in your heart. So when you're saying things, you could play other people and you can play it off like, oh, everything's good. Everything's Mm -hmm. great and stuff. But Jesus is like, no, it isn't. I I see what's actually going on. And and, And so if you know that he sees your heart, and so why all the games and trying to make this big charade and and trying to, because if you're actually talking, I think this is the thing I think it is. So uh, what are you, what are you trying to do when you pray? Jesus talks about it. Don't be like the, 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 the Pharisees who are all making a show and everything and, and having these long, elegant prayers. But when you pray to the Father, pray like this. Like, is there a relationship that you are trying to commune with God or are you more concerned with the idea uh, and the opinion of other people? If Jesus knows your heart, why are you going through so much trouble with trying to right. articulate your words? Right. Jesus pierces to the heart. He knows what's going on. So why try to put on this facade anyway? Right. Right, um, and I and I think uh, we allow those lies to prevent us from actually praying, and then we go through life thinking we're surviving and we're making it through life, and we're really not living to the full potential that God has for us because we're not praying. Yeah, you know, Abraham Lincoln. This is there's this book by Wayne Cadero. It's it's called The Irresistible Church, and uh, there's something in it. I thought that. Uh, is pretty interesting, and I'm I'm doing a series in a few weeks on prayer, and um, I you know I love these little tidbits you find because we know George Washington was a man of prayer. In fact, yeah. even in the Revolutionary War, he would pray. They have recorded prayers that he would write down or journal his prayers that he'd have. Well, Abraham Lincoln did the same, and there's a there's a line in in this book where. Um, he writes, most faith-based speakers before ascending to the podium are likely to pray, without you, Lord, I will fail, right? But Abraham Lincoln prayed, and this is what he journaled, without you, Lord, I must fail. Hmm. Without you, I must fail. Wow, that's good. You know, it, the, the <laughs> difference is, is you know... Uh, yeah, I'll, I may fail if I don't have a God. Abraham Lincoln realized that I am totally dependent on God, and I need to plug into him if I'm going to operate with any success at all. Mm-hmm. And essentially even saying, I don't even want to succeed 
if it's not through you. Wow. I, I, I want my success to be rooted in you, that this is what you want. And I think in prayer, a lot of times we say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers, so it doesn't change anything in my life. So I, Well, that's because you're praying the desires of your life that could be destructive in your life. Actually, God probably answered the desires of your heart by not answering the desires of your mouth. Yeah. Because what happens a lot of times in our society is when we pray for things, like, oh, I was praying that I win the lottery. I didn't win the lottery. Well, probably because you can't handle the lottery. Yeah. It would destroy your life. And then you would curse God yeah. for letting you win the lottery, even though it was you that asked for it. Yeah. You know, during prayer, it's so important that we stop and listen and let God set the agenda for our prayer time. Um, there, you know, I got to spend time with uh, a man who is a man of great prayer. In fact, he was one of my contemporary heroes, Reinhard Bonnke. And he's now passed and is with the Lord, but it just saw he saw 100 million people come to Christ. He would speak to storms and command them to split, and they split and would go around their tent. And storm all the way around it, tear up everything around it, but not... It's incredible, some of the stories yeah. uh, that you hear from him. And I got to spend one day with him, my wife and I, and we went down to Florida and we sat across the table with him and he just talked. And I sat there and he'd ask, anything you want to say, anything that happened, you want to share anything? And I'm like, no, I just want to, I just want you to talk to me. I just want to hear hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we lose sight of the gravity of who we're talking to. Mm. God is God. Mm-hmm. He's seen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was there when when the earth was created. Yeah. He was there with Abraham mm-hmm. when he almost killed his son. Yeah. Almost slayed his son. He was there when the Red Sea was split. Yeah. He was there when Jesus walked him. Like he's there. So when we go in, sometimes we go in too wordy. And I think there are times where we go in and we need to hear first. Mm-hmm. And when we hear God, that revelation begins to transform how we see the issues of life. Like, you don't, prayer isn't just going in with a laundry list of, of things, a honey-do list we need God to do. Yeah. Prayer is really a relational thing where we hear from God and we get his heartbeat on mm. things. And we recognize that I'm, I'm on earth, mm-hmm. to have dominion on earth, and he's in heaven. And so... I receive, yeah. like the Bible says, what we bind on earth will be, or what we bind on earth has already been bound in heaven, what we loose yeah. on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Um, when we pray, we're merely loosing on earth hmm. what God's will is in heaven. Hmm. And I've had people, if God just, God's just going to do what he wants to do, why do I need to pray? Yeah. Because you're the portal of those things on earth. Yeah. If you don't pray, and I'm here to tell you, there are things, there's all kinds of evils that have happened on earth that would never have happened if people had prayed. Mm-hmm. But you think, well, if God's going to do what God wants to do, then he'll just do it. He doesn't need me to pray. That's not true. There's lots of things on earth wow. that's God's will and desire. It doesn't happen because we refuse to pray. And and if if we're going to if we're going to see a change in our culture and our country and in, in our homes, it will not come like Abraham Lincoln said. If if I do not pray, it will not work. It it cannot work mm-hmm. without prayer. There's a song where it's like, I don't want to go if you're not going before me. Right. Like, and that's been my 
my prayer. I'm like, God, like, and sometimes where it's to a fault, I'm like, God, like, I want you so bad. Like, I, I, I pray all the time, like, even with decisions and everything, I'm God, would you make it abundantly clear? What would right. you have for me? Because I don't want to find success out of the covering because that's not my idea of success. Well, think about it. If you find success outside of prayer, what will it make you do more? Hmm. Not pray. Yeah. You'll walk literally walk away from the presence of God doing mm-hmm. your own will and everything you want to do, and you won't even It'll know you're getting further and further away from God's desire and will for your life because mm-hmm. you're walking out of prayer. I have heard preachers make the statement, you really don't need to pray in order to be a believer. Technically, that's true. You need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, but you will not be a believer long if you do not pray. You can't walk in the authority and in the faith that God has for your life unless you pray. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Faith comes from hearing and yeah. hearing the word of God. If you're not into a, a position of hearing, you're, you can't have faith. You just don't work up faith in you in your situation you are in your life. The faith comes from the hearing of God's word, revelation. You do what you believe. You you put your faith in what you believe. Well, what yeah. you believe comes from revelation, mm-hmm. and it comes through times of prayer. Yeah. And your faith life grows when you've been in the presence of God and you've heard the word of God or you've been around uh, a revelation from God. Yeah, I heard uh, there was also another. I'm just gonna put all the songs on you. Um, yeah. I remember there was a song. It's called Silence, and it was saying. Um, you know, I was listening to the song because it was a, it was a rough. It was it's a it's a song I pull out in worship where it's a rough patch, and uh, one of my favorite lyrics. And it was like something that caught me recently. And he goes, sometimes uh, words or prayer even sometimes can just be a manifestation of our doubts. Sometimes we just have to sit and listen. So we're saying stuff, and it's not even coming from our heart. That's not even there's there's words beyond like. But it's interesting because, again, the Holy Spirit knows. And sometimes instead of bringing your request and, some t- and, and, and your long laundry list of things that need to be done and your problems and issues and everything, sometimes it's sitting and having reverence about the king you're talking to, the God of, the God of old, the, the God that split the Red Sea in two, the God of the burning bush, the God that set his people free in Egypt. And it's sometimes taken stones and making a monument of the things that he's done in your life and looking back at what he's done to give you faith on, on going ahead. And I think people, um, the reason why they come with they come to prayer and they feel like nothing, nothing is happening is because, one, they don't even remember the answered prayers that he's done, or they're too... They're, they're too like anxious that they can't sit and, and wait on the answered prayer, and there'll be answered prayers that God will answer, and then they'll move on to the next problem and bring the next problem to them, but never realize that God is answering prayers because they're so... And why are we so by consumed the... by those issues we're walking through? Because we fear that yeah. something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. When you're a person of prayer and you've been in prayer, at some point when bad things come, you get to the point where you know God's going to yeah. take care of it, and you're no longer so overwhelmed back. by fear that bad things are going to happen. You're like, okay, God's yeah, going to work that it. out. I know. Let's get into... Let, let me talk to God. You know, mm-hmm. Let me have a conversation with God. I also think that people think they're praying to God, and sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. And believers can fall into this trap. They, they haven't learned the voice of God to know who they're talking to. 
um, because the, the only time they think they hear from God is when when they're being tore down, how they're not enough, yeah. they don't pray good enough, they don't all of those things that those thoughts aren't from God or you should have, you should have been better. You should have yeah. acted better. You shouldn't have said that to Stuff them. That you shouldn't, right. right. It, the Satan is the accuser of the saints. Yeah. So when we're in conversation in prayer with God and we hear words and we're being accused or tore down, anytime you feel death after you're done, you didn't pray to God. You were talking to <laughs> Satan. So we think God only interacts with us when we fail and he yeah. needs to correct us or to tell us what to do. And and of course, you don't want to pray if that's the only way, if that's the only way God talks to you. And it's not God talking to you. You know, sure God calls us to do things, but he also works in our heart. It's something that grows. We begin to it, at first you may reject it or resist it, but then all of a sudden things open up when it's the calling of to do something. But most prayer comes when we just have a conversation with God. And it, and there's an example of this I, I thought of actually. When when I was pastoring in Michigan, there was someone who um, loved, like they were very influential in the community. And when they came to the church, they wanted to immediately influence everything about the church. And there's a, you know, it was a large church. and But they thought, and they made this comment, I believe God wants the church to follow my vision and, and the pastors need to come in alignment with that. And and we're like, no. So they tried to stir up some discord against us as pastors. And I was pretty frustrated. Since then, the Lord worked it out, and things are great with that person. They they had an experience. They had a walkthrough, but on their own with God, but things are good. So so I'm pretty upset, though. I'm a young pastor, and uh, we're driving. I'm driving down the, the, the Red Arrow Highway in, in Michigan, and and I'm basically saying, Lord Fryer, like put her in a fryer, strike her with lightning. You know, she's doing this. Give her what she deserves. I, I mean, I'm pretty frustrated. I mean, some of the stuff she was saying, just blatant lies. Mm. I'm like, if you need real stuff, I can give you real stuff to talk to people about me that is true. Yeah. You don't need to make it up. I got plenty of flaws that you can tell them about that are real, right? Mm -hmm. But she's making up stuff. So I was pretty frustrated. And, and I'm getting ready to turn into the road that goes to my house. And I hear the Lord say to me, that's fine. I can do what you're asking, but then I'd have to do it to you. <laughs> that's prayer. Yeah. That's prayer. Yeah. I'm going to the Lord with where I'm at in my feelings. Yeah. And the reason I'm still a pastor today mm -hmm. is because in those moments, we leave and well, I got hurt. and I was hurt. Well, the reason you didn't overcome your hurt is because you didn't have prayer life. Yeah. Because... I could very easily said I was hurt and have reason to just walk away from what God called me to do, because but my prayer life wouldn't allow it because prayer is more than just asking God to do things. It's having a conversation with him, and he listened. And then when I took a moment to shut up, all he had to do is say a few words, and those words became revelation to me that not only got me to not be bitter— it caused me to pray for her. Mm -hmm. And and rather than praying curses over her, I started praying blessings on her. 
And God just had to speak a few words. And it's in prayer I got that revelation. And there are a lot of people, you're offended, you're hurt, you're walking through, you're blaming everyone. You need to hear from God, and you won't until you develop in your life a daily prayer life. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, when I was thinking about the voice of the enemy and everything, you know, someone would probably think what you heard was, like, the enemy. Because Why? Because it disagreed with what they were thinking. <laughs> and so they think, I think a lot of... I think a lot of people think, well, that doesn't make sense. And so because it's not logical, I push it away. No, actually, that's kind of a lot of, a lot of times. And for those of you that are listening, you're like, well, how does he hear the voice of God like that? A lot of times uh, what I've found, the voice of God oftentimes disagrees with <laughs> what, what I'm thinking. A lot of times there'll be times where, uh, uh, and, and not even only a negative way, there'll be times where um, you know, I, I'm thinking one way as far as like negative self-talk and then the voice of God yeah. will disagree with me. Be like, no, and, and then there's life that takes place. And then there'll be times where I think I'm right on something and then God will be like, are you yeah. though? Like, is there, and he'll stop me in my tracks. And, and this was one of them where I was, I was, and it, it literally happens usually on my drive home or like when I'm in the car where God will speak to me and it's just like very clear. Uh, I remember I was going home and I started developing this offense against someone. I don't even remember who it was, so that just shows God took care of it. But I was really developing this offense by a comment this person had made, and uh, it carried with me. And it was just like an under-the-table comment, but it was kind of like a jab, and it was in public, and it just kind of... And then it, it, it kind of stuck with me the rest of the day and actually the week, and I'm just thinking about it. And then every time I, I interact with that person, I'm just like, well, they're they're this and they're that and these things coming into my brain and they really think they're all big and bad. And like, and then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, well, they actually, the reason why they said that is because this and that, and they don't really respect you and they're trying to demean you. And, and there's all these different things. And then I go into personal attacks about them so then I can push them down so I can make myself better because of the offensive comment they made towards me that wasn't really that big of a deal, but it stuck with me for whatever reason. And I'm going down this catastrophic thinking and I just keep thinking about it and I'm sitting on it. And then I remember, I remember where I was because it was, I'm like three quarters of the way home. And then I stopped myself and I'm like, no, like, why am I, where, where did I like, arrive? I'm like thinking about all this stuff. And I literally remember thinking like, no, like, that's not true. And I've, I had to like voice it out loud because it was so, I was like, oh, I like stopped and realized I'm like, oh my goodness, like I am just bashing this person and then just making myself feel better and being com comfortable with the offense. And I'm like, no, in the name of Jesus, I don't accept these thoughts. I take them and I, I bind them and I put it at your feet, Jesus. You judge my thoughts. You judge the attitude of my heart's heart. Help me uh, to take care of this offense that I have towards this person. And I began to like encourage this person that I was tearing down in my brain, but it was like so clear. I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? And I had to verbalize it. But there's thoughts that we can start catastrophic thinking. And then the voice of God will a lot of times stop me and be like, no, and it'll bring me a nugget of truth and it'll change my heart on the situation. And that's how oftentimes that God will speak. It'll the voice of God will a lot of times disagree with you, or it'll affirm what he's trying to speak, but you doubt yourself. And that was 
when I came to Christ, when he told me to go into full-time ministry. I disagreed with it. And I'm like, that's stupid. That's for me. And then he's like, okay, let me go send my servant. Send and they someone affirm what and you affirmed heard. what I heard. And so yeah. that's how the voice I of think, God operates. I think that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with is how do you know the voice of God? Yeah. How do you know what it is? Because it it's a lot like our thoughts. You know, it comes through our soul. So you have your body, soul, and a spirit. Your soul yep. is your mind, will, and emotions. The body is evidence, right? Right here, physical. But your soul is your mind, will, and emotion. And it's what really is your eternal, that eternal part. Well, the spirit man is the part that God speaks through. The spirit yeah. connects with his spirit. If yeah. When you get saved, you're born again. You get mm -hmm. a spirit. Well, that spirit has ears. Well, how does it get into your soul? Well, you, you, it's going to drop in like a thought. So yeah. when the Hor when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's going to come into your mind, and and um, and you're going to have a thought, and you should test the thought. Yeah, always yeah. test the thought. You know, Corinthians says is take captive the thought. Yeah. Find out what its purpose is, because we're pretty porous, mm -hmm. and our environment mm -hmm. can can really. Um, set us up for failure or success. And like you said, you know, when someone says something that's offensive to us, that those words cause us to it, they settle some and, and sometimes it stirs something up. So when somebody offends you and they say something offensive to you, the question you should have is not how do I tear them down so I can because because I don't care what they say, sticks and stones break my bones, yeah. but no word's going to hurt me. They did hurt you. That's why you're hating them <laughs> now, right? Or you're frustrated because they, they said something that, you know, when in reality, that, that offense, what the enemy meant for evil in your life so that you would hate that person, God's going to take that offense to reveal to you, why are you offended? What's what is it in you, the insecurity in you that... I need to come and heal in you so that those words don't hurt you yeah. when they're spoken over you, where their words aren't impacting you the way so that you hate the person instead of love the person. And, and it's incredible. When you pray, all of that is through prayer. If you don't have a prayer life, if you're not used to hearing God's word, it's, you know, the Bible says, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible, on, and, and I'll read this because it seems really impossible. It, in First Thessalonians, it says, pray continually, <laughs> pray yeah. continually. It's a, it's a conversation. Why? why? Why pray continually? Does that mean we just sit there and just pray continually? No, it's recognizing the fact that God's with me yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. He's always with me. Wherever I'm at, he's a companion. You are never alone. Mm -hmm. And prayer reminds us of that. It reminds yeah. us that God is always there. Well, I'm not sure. Did God hear me? You know, has God... I, I was watching uh, an old Gunsmoke uh, episode, and you probably don't even know what that is, but it's an old Western thing from my childhood. Gunsmoke was the name of it. And and the guy who played Jesse Duke in the Dukes of Hazard, he he was in this, and he and he and he was praying because he was coming to the end of his life. And then he made the statement, "Did God hear me? Do you think?" He asked the 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 priest that was there, "Do you think God heard me?" And the priest's like, "Well, if you meant it, I think he heard it. No, God heard it." God hears your voice. God is right there with you. If you talk to him, he will be there and he will respond. He's just waiting for you to acknowledge him You know what's even interesting? Because not even like, well, did you mean it? This is, and I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I was watching this testimony of this, this uh, former witch. Um, and 
on her journey to become like a witch and everything, they have to look at like uh, figures in history that that they admire that have some characteristic that they are trying to adopt themselves. And um, and so her thing, basically, I think of it like some badge or whatever that you gotta like mm-hmm. obtain. And so this this is your next journey is kind of what she was talking about. And uh, so she was trying to obtain a compassionate heart. And all she knew of someone, uh, a figure in history, was Jesus. She knew him to be compassionate. And so she's a witch, but she's like, you know what? Let me, like, uh, I'm going to seek after, like, the spirit of Jesus. And um, and he's going to develop that in me, like, a compassionate heart, <laughs> but not understanding what that would mean. And so she literally said, she's like, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But this was very different than any other spirit that she had asked to come into her heart because this spirit came in and it took out all the other ones. And now everything that she had formally done, she was disgusted by, like the tarot cards, the palm readings, the all of it. It, it literally transformed her whole entire life. And from someone that was literally, she said, an evangelist for the new age, now is an evangelist for the gospel because she had accidentally invited uh, invited Christ Christ into her heart. (laughs) Like God literally to that point, like she's inviting him for a different purpose. And he came and transformed everything. Like you want to talk about how God hears you. She's literally doing evil and asked God to come into her heart, not understanding that she was a prisoner in need of saving. And he came and saved her and took off the grave clothes. Yeah. Like I thought that well, I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, it's it's incredible. She became a Jesus seeker. Yeah. You know, there's there's this thing they say in this church, are you a seeker friendly church? Are you seeker friendly church? Right. And that usually means that you don't do things that make people uncomfortable, yeah. right? That aren't yeah. used to it. So they it's mm-hmm. a brand, it's a neutered really yeah. It, it, the Bible isn't seeker friendly. Yeah. If if the Bible was perpetuated in a church, it would make a lot of people feel uncomfortable, oh, yeah. right? You know, if Jesus would make people uncomfortable, but um, that they said, well, we we're, we're really con- conscious of the seeker and just want to make it a very comfortable thing for them. And the 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 reality sometimes that's at the expense of Christ of the Holy Spirit, hmm. right? If they're truly a seeker, it's not about them. Yeah. If they're a seeker of Jesus, it's about creating an atmosphere where they find Jesus. Yeah. It's not about creating an atmosphere that makes them comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's about introducing them to the spirit. Like this woman understood the spiritual thing. She understood spiritual realm. So when she invited the spirit of Christ into her life, she was very that was very normal for her to invite. She just didn't realize it's the spirit. It's the God that came, right? And and I think uh, if if people are striving to create a life that just it's it's not about and and it's such a crazy thing. Well, people who who operate in the spirit of Jesus, they just scare away all the other people. No, 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 no. What I have found, people who are in Christ, walking in the spirit, aren't crazy people out doing crazy things. That they're very attractive to the world because they have something to offer them that transforms their lives. Like when they're sick, they pray for them and they get well. Yeah. You know, Jesus came as Jesus and transformed lives. He's the gospel's very attractive to people because it gives life. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think we we need to realize that a seeker sensitive church is a church 
that enables people who are truly seeking Jesus for Jesus to find him. Yeah. Not those who say they're seeking for Christ, but what they're seeking for is a community that helps them make them feel good or teaches them a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's not the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. What what and, and we really need to create a church that gives people access yeah. to experience Christ and the Holy Spirit in their life and to teach people how to pray. Yeah. You know, it's not about coming to me so I can do it for you. It's about giving you access to be able to tap into Christ personally and have that relationship with him and 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 learning. You know, we were praying in a prayer meeting and while I was praying, just I it, the what I would say is the Lord was giving me things to pray for. He was opening my, and I'm praying and he's just dropping also pray for this off. And people say, I, I don't understand why God fully says, if God wanted to do it, why doesn't he just do it? Why do I need to pray? Well, he gave me position to participate with me mm-hmm. to fulfill it on earth. Yeah. Like I have authority on earth yeah. because of who I am in him. Yeah. And he brings me into this thing. So together in agreement, we agree and it's done yeah. on earth, right? So I'm praying for what he's telling me to pray for. And and my and I'm having this vision, like I'm in the in a candy store in, in yeah. a town named Jordan over here. We have I think it's like the world's largest candy store, or at least Minnesota's largest candy store, and and I'm in I'm in it, and I'm having this vision, and I'm taking candy off the shelves of it, and I'm putting it in my cart, and then when I'm done, I just walk out the door, <laughs> and 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 in my mind, I'm seeing God go to the cash register as I'm walking out the door, like mm. I don't I'm not paying for it, wow. He is. But I'm shopping for it, and so I'm I'm taking God. Well, we need you to bless our police department. We need you to to give us godly leaders wow. in our city council. We need, and we're declaring. Mm. And I'm walking out with it. He's wow. going to pay the bill because mm. of, uh, of of who he is. And I think when we begin to pray, we recognize the empower of prayer in my life. He's paying. I'm I'm just basically doing what already is his desire. I'm hearing yeah. from him. He's telling me what to pray for. I'm putting it in the cart and I'm calling it out. And then he pays the bill. Mm-hmm. And you will see more prayer answered when we come in agreement with God's will and desire for things in our life. And it, you know, it's pretty powerful. It doesn't mean that God's mind can't change. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing that can kind of mess people up. You know, uh, you see throughout the Bible where God says he's going to do something, and Moses pleads with God and says, no, God, change your mind, you, this is, and God changes his mind. God has a—where God never changes. God never changes. And I think we don't pray because we think God's just going to do whatever he wants, yeah. and you can't change his mind. Yeah. Uh, David believed—why did David—when when his son was dying— he knew God was taking the life of his, but David fasted and prayed. And then when his son died, he got up and he said, it is done. Yeah. David did that because he knew that there were situations where I could change the mind of God. But in this one, it was done. Mm-hmm. There are things that, we, as Hezekiah, changed. he was going to die. No, changed the mind of God. He was going to do one thing, but because of prayer, the mind of God changed. God, this is something we're just, and as a mother that cries out to him and says, will you change, change? like the, the woman who came, the persistent widow came, he wasn't going to heal her child, but she continued persistently, mm-hmm. and, he, and, and then he did. Yeah. He, the mind 
changed. And and, and uh, so their their prayer is powerful. It, and it's life giving, and it's important for every single believer to operate in. Yeah, and James, it talks about um, if you lack wisdom, ask for it, and God mm-hmm. will give it without reproach. But don't doubt when you ask for it. Right. I think a lot of people ask, and then they're like, "Oh well, like I don't know about this." And you're, and, and there's such like a, there's such, um, I think a timidity. So right. I think about I think about it like this. So if you guys are listening right now. Uh, or, or in you, like you, you've had friends, like there's, there's two types of friends. There's the type of friends that are more acquaintance that you go over to their house, like as a kid and, uh, you're like, Oh, hi, Mrs. Hi, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, Oh, God, let me take off my shoes. Uh, yeah. Hey, is it okay if I, if I get a glass of water and you're like raising your hand every time you talk to him. And then there's the, the friend, uh, that are like family to you and you just like walk in and you're like throwing your backpack on like the couch and you're going through their fridge and you're looking right, for stuff for right. yourself. And I think the, and even more so because we're sons and daughters, we're sons and daughters and we're acting like acquaintances or guests in the father's house. And so we're going through his pantry and everything. We're like, Oh God, maybe like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm too afraid to ask. And maybe he, Oh no, he's just busy right now. And like, we're all so like, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, like dad, I, I, I'm hungry. Dad, can you, can you feed me or dad? Can you, can you, uh, help my friend? And, And it's not that it's the attitude, uh, of our heart. And I think, and I, I was telling us to our group last night, as far as prayer and everything and faith. And I'm like, your, your, uh, what you get out of life will really be determined on how you view the character of God. Yeah, that's true. And how you pray will be based on that. You look at him like a wicked master and he's just not going to do anything for you. He doesn't care about you uh, or he's in a maniacal God. What is your life going to look like? If you believe that, what is that going to look like when you ask him? But if you believe in him that he's a good father and he gives good gifts, and when you knock at the door, he's not going to reject you, uh, but he'll accept you. And when you seek him, you will find him. If that's what you believe, what is that going to look like as far as you you walking out that type of faith? There's going to be some mountains that are going to be uprooted and thrown into the sea yeah. by your mustard seed faith. And you know, I think a lot of people's prayers and and this. So I'm going to talk about this, and it's going to create even a greater gap between those who feel like they don't know how to pray and those who operate in it. But I, I, I it's part of prayer. Prayer isn't just sitting there and giving this list to God and exactly. saying, God, will you answer my prayers? Yeah. It really is a conversation. It's consistent. So, so if you know who your God is, yeah. it's a conversation. Hey, yeah. God, you know, this is going on. You know, I, what is your will in it? You know, where are you taking it? This is what I feel in this. And then listening to his response in it. it that, like his, his voice should direct how we, how we pray. And we begin to learn this good God. Like what you were saying, then yeah. you, you begin to get to know who he is. You get you get to know his character. You get to know what kind of yeah. person he is, so that you're able to have a conversation. Because we adapt to whoever we're talking mm-hmm. to. You know, uh, if if he is a judgmental God, a judge that's vindictive, we adapt to communicate him based on that character. And some of us, some of us communicate with God. Uh, as though he's the 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 God that they view Allah to be, you know, the, and that that 
form of God. When God's not like that at all, he's a God that sent a son, his son, mm-hmm. to be our our redeemer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was listening uh, to this podcast and he was talking about the Israelites and how they were being freed from Egypt. And the reason why God really walked them through the plagues and walked them through all of that, um, he wanted he wanted Egypt and his Israelites to yada. He wanted him to yada him, know him like deeply, like not in just a sense of reading about him or a secondary source, but like this deep sense of like, no, not like uh, as far as romantically or sexually, but it would be like, like, no, I deeply know you. I know you because we walked through this together. And it's interesting that the heart of God, uh, not only for his people, but also for Egypt, Egypt, uh, for them to know that I am the God, I am the one true God of Israel, uh, that he wanted that for his the Israelites like that. And I think that's so interesting because we we believe that God just wants to be distant from us, or he's an emotionally unavailable father, but no, he's a God that wants to get da. He wants to know us deeply. And the way that you know him deeply is when you, when you, when you walk through junk really, and then you see him as being faithful on the other side of things. Like that's when we talked about last week. And like, this is actually, it was really popular when we talked about it. Why do bad things happen to good people? And, um, really the bad things are good, uh, because really, one, uh, it's not. It's really produces endurance in our faith, but it causes us to trust in God's character when we face uncertainty. And when we get to the other side of it, it's like, wow, there was a lot of shakiness, but God, you remain the same and you are faithful. I know you in a different sense. I know I read about it and what you did with the Israelites and you brought them through. I know my my friend Bobby. And he said, you answered prayers and everything, but this is like, I know you, like we've been through some yeah. things and it, yeah. it, it's a different type of faith and relationship that yeah. God wants with us. And, and what's interesting in the story of the Egyptians, uh, when God comes to Moses, he says to Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. Yeah. Wow. And I, they have reached heaven, and I am mm-hmm. going down. It, I've heard the prayers of my people. Mm-hmm. They have reached heaven, so I'm, I need you to go. I want you to go back to that place. And, and then God says to Moses, I want you to bring the people up to the mountain where mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments were, Mount Sinai. I want you to bring them up here, and I want them to see how I interact with you, yeah. Moses. Well, when they get, they consecrate. So Moses goes down and says, hey, God wants to talk to you. They consecrate themselves. They come to the mountain. They see the lightning and the thunder <laughs> and the clouds, and then they say, no, 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 Moses, you go up. Yeah. We don't want to. Why? Because they didn't know God as Moses knew God, and yeah. they feared him. Mm. And that's that's the problem. Well, shouldn't we have the fear of the Lord? No, awe and respect of the Lord, but not fear. I just got here. a revelation. About and that. and and they like you go talk to him. So Moses goes up and talks, and he's angry now. What did they do? They went to Baal. Yeah. And and when we 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 go we tend to go to the things when God says, "I mm-hmm. want to bring you in the awe and the presence of me yeah. in this time of me talking with you." We tend to go to things like. We settle for the gods of this world mm-hmm. to converse with and talk about with, and um, it's amazing. There, there is a difference when you're sitting with your friends, just in general. How often, as believers, 
do we come back to the goodness of God and talking about the things of God? Many believers in Christ spend almost no time talking about God and the goodness of God or who he is. If we don't spend time in prayer, it will not have any place in our conversations with people in our lives. And we never talk about it at the dinner table. We never talk about it with people. Mm -hmm. We never talk about it with our kids. We never talk about the things of God because we never acknowledge or spend time praying and talking to God. Yeah, I think people, like when you were talking about how God, yeah, I think that's, People that are listening right now, they're like, when you just said that, they're like, really? God wants to know me? And when we were talking about this, like, God wants to know me like that. He wants to yada. Like, he he lo- he wanted the Israelites to come and commune with him when he was giving the law to Moses. Like, that's an interesting thing that I think think people bypass. And why didn't they want to go up there? Because they had fear. And it's because, and I think the same way the Israelites view God is how a lot of people listening view God. They look at the presence of God like a principal's office and not a living room. Yeah. That's right. It's intimidating going to the principal's office. And then you're thinking about like, if you're called down to the pr- the principal's office on the intercom, what immediately goes to your brain? Like you ever had that? Like, I, I know they probably didn't have intercoms when you were in school. Uh, well, they had intercoms. <laughs> they, had, they had like, Pastor James, come to the... <laughs> they're just yelling down the hallway. It was a horn with a tube, but they <laughs> they had it. They were blowing a shofar. No, they... Uh... That's the first time in my life that I'm referred to as if I'm old. <laughs> and I'm not old. <laughs> So it's so when you called to like the principal's office, if it came on the the intercom, like in a classroom, it interrupted class, and they said hey, Alex Preston to the principal's office, what immediately comes to your brain? For me, it's I'm I'm going down the list of what did I do? Did I? I'm like thinking of every like bad thing that I've done, and I'm like, oh, am I good? Am I did did I do something wrong? And you're thinking all about that. That's like. That's the concept of people that don't know God. That's how they view the presence of God versus the living room. What is the living room? It's where you kick back. It's where I, when I get home from school or I get back from a long day, I kick back, I relax, I throw on TV, I have family in the room and we talk, we talk about our day. It's fun. There's laughter. It's a place of rest. People view God's presence like the principal's office when really they're missing out on the rest that is like the living room in our house. Like that is what the presence of God is like. But because you don't know him, you've only heard gossip about him. You have really missed out on, yeah. on prayer. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and I think people find it easier, even though they don't feel better really through all of it, they find it easier to miss it or, or just pass by it. It's like... Uh, you know, they create a craving for things that are unhealthy for them. And prayer is something that causes us to walk in health where when you pray, you just have life. Like their view, of, like it's boring. The presence of God's boring. Yeah. That's what, it, that there's no awe. They've lost the awe of it. Mm-hmm. We don't pray just because it's just boring. You know, I'm just got to, I'm just doing it. And and we're not going expecting to experience the presence of God. I, I would really encourage people just to begin to pray yeah. and see what God will do if you consistently stay faithful in it. And and you'll start to see a break, breakthrough in situations in your life. And prayer will make a huge... It'll be more than just, you know, one one day Damar Hamlin gets hurt or the next incident happens and we're called as a nation to pray for something. Uh 
you know, there are so many things God wants to do in our country. He wants his will to be done on earth as in heaven. And we have been, we are the ones called to do that. And uh, and to leave you guys with something, because this is a conversation that's been ongoing with one of our online new attenders. And it's been two weeks ago. I did a live stream online. It was 12 hours and out of it um, was a, uh, a lady that was Mormon reached out to me and she was seeking. She wanted to know more about Jesus and very smart, very smart uh, person uh, just doesn't understand the gospel. It never had never heard of that that side of things, and so we were, we're we're talking about the gospel. I'm presenting it before her. We're 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 talking about the difference between um, you know Mormonism and Christianity, and the difference between this God versus her her um, her misconceptions uh, and everything. And uh, and she like couldn't wrap her her brain around. Um, that God was able to commune with her or God accepted her or God was living. And he, and he answered, he answered prayers. It was not something that she had, had ever been accustomed to. And, uh, but you know what she did that whole entire week, um, uh, first week, she was getting up in the morning and she was praying with us, like had her mic muted and her, her video off and was, and was praying with us at 5.30 a.m. because there was something different about it. She wasn't, she didn't know, but there was something different. And she was literally asking me the next week, are we still doing that? Like she was wanting to get up at 5.30 a.m. to be in prayer with us. And then every single night she was going to service and and, and each of the services just hearing and listening uh, to God, but still had never encountered him herself. And uh, and then there was a night where I think it was Sean Smith where he was speaking one of the last nights, and they were praying for everybody. And and uh, and then she was texting me. She goes like, "I'm feeling like this overwhelming like like presence right. Now. I don't know what it is, but it's I'm feeling a little like anxious right now." And she's like, "I'm not sure if it's because of my medication or like if this is God." And so later she I, I told her to take a deep breath and ask Jesus to come into your heart. And then she was she was thinking so much. She's thinking so much. And then she thought herself out of doing it. And then she's like, man, Alex, I'm so mad. I know that was God now. And I missed the opportunity. And I'm like, <laughs> take a deep breath and ask Jesus into your heart. And then later she did that that night. And this is what she this is what she said. She said, I did. And I don't know if this sounds weird, but after I prayed, I started to feel a physical sensation in my hands where it almost feels like my hands are hot and like the inside of my hands are shaking or something. I don't know how to explain what it feels like, but I believe that Jesus heard my prayer. Yes, he did. (laughs) The God that you talk about, that we are talking about right now, and this is what tripped me out. The God that I read about my whole life wants, like, and I know this sounds cheesy and cliche and it's not, for some mm-hmm. dramatic pause or anything, but literally, this is still in my brain. Like, he wants a relationship with me, the God of Israel. Like, the miracles that I see in the Bible and those famous figures, that's the same God that communed with them, wants to commune with me. Like, if you, if that doesn't get you excited or doesn't change your perspective, I don't, you must be dead. Because that is a ama- the God that created yeah. the universe is right here 
And it's yeah. not about me behaving right or all of a sudden acting right. And then he hears my prayers. No, he sees me and hears me uh, at my lowest points and my highest points. And in the times that I had turned my back on him, he remained the same and was there. Like that's the part that trips me out. And he's here wherever you are at. The Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Even if you're a witch, like that lady we talked about earlier, literally calling on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And where you are right now, I don't care where you are, God hears your prayers. And if you ask him, he will absolutely change your whole entire life. It's crazy. It still tripped me out. That was literally last week that that just happened. Yeah, I mean, God is, God's Jehovah. Mm -hmm. He's your provider. Not, Not Jehovah Jireh. Provider, but Jehovah is He's God. Yeah. Right. And if you go to Him in prayer, He'll give you peace because He's Jehovah Shalom. He'll mm-hmm. give you uh, righteousness because He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He'll yeah. heal your body because He's Jehovah Nisis, or yeah. Je- that's Banner, Jehovah Rafka. Mm-hmm. He's He, His name is Jehovah yeah. God. And when you try to take it all on your own, it's like you're trying to replace God in your life with you. And you're not a power source. You're not able to do that. And so prayer is that act we participate in where we say, in this situation, I have the temptation to become God in my life, but I'm going to right now make God um, God in my life. And I'm gonna, and through prayer, I'm gonna go to him and just lay it down to him and let him be. Uh, God in my life. Let him be the Jehovah of my life. When you do that, he'll do it a lot better than you. Yeah. Do a lot. He'll provide for your for you. He'll provide healing. He'll provide it just he just does. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you pray for it? I mean, your dad is pretty rich in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why wouldn't you go to him exactly. and pray? And so I'm going to speak to those right now, and you you struggle. Sure, the Satan doesn't want you praying with your wife. It's crazy how many men struggle to pray for their wife, and yet their marriage could be so much better if they did. I, I want to challenge you right now to start praying in this moment. You're listening right now. I want to challenge you to start praying right now. Don't wait. Start praying right now. And throughout your day, you, you talk to God. There's, there's time you set aside where I'm going to meet with God, but then throughout the day, I'm going to talk to him about what I'm in. I'm in the car driving, God, you know, I can't believe my boss did that and I didn't get the promotion. And then listen, he'll speak to you, take care of that attitude, and you'll know, you know what? It doesn't matter if he did. God's going to provide some other way. Yeah. It's just who he does. You yeah. don't have People cannot control what God has planned for you. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So if you want to um, learn more about this, there's there's discipleship process that I'm a firm, we're, we're firm believers in, and that it's not just, okay, I'm going to walk away and then just try to do this all by myself. No, you need community. Um, and we want to help you with that. Uh, whether it's here or somewhere else, if you're watching online, we have an online community, but you need to be in a body where you are going to grow. And so if you need help with that uh, or have more questions about prayer, there's a ton of different ways where you can reach out. One being if you text Rock Belong to 77411, that'll fill out an online connect card that'll shoot to my email and I'll see. You can fill that out and it'll show me what you're looking for. You also can email me at Pastor Alex at Bethel's Rock dot org. Uh, you can reach out 
uh, via Instagram at Experience the Truth Podcast. Uh, we also on TikTok we do lives every single day. Um, and let me think about what else that we do. Wednesdays uh, at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time over Zoom, we have an online Bible study of fellow believers that are growing in their faith that you can be a part of. There's so many different areas that you can get plugged in and connected. You are without excuse if you are listening to this right now to not take that next step in your faith. We want to help you. We want to partner with you. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. And please don't hesitate to reach out for help from your father because he listens to you and he hears you and he's there with you right now. Uh, but we love you guys. We pray this blessed you. Um, and we encourage you to turn this off and start talking to your dad.